Beloveds, welcome back to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we are exploring what our sacred texts have to teach us about living, surviving, even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we are living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us as white folks about our role in resistance, in showing up, in liberation? What do they have to teach us about any of these things in the time of pandemic, in the time of righteous uprising against police brutality and white supremacy, and who we are meant to be to each other? Short answer, plenty. Keep on listening. <laughs> My name is Seth Wispelway, and I am a pastor in the United Church of Christ. I use he and him pronouns, and I am speaking with you all from Tucson, Arizona, which is located on the stolen, looted, and occupied land of the Tahona Otham Nation and its people who have stewarded this land for generations. We do well to acknowledge these things at a very minimum in hope and prayer that our ideas and understandings of possession, property, and history unclench towards a radical repentance that ultimately leads to a radical re-understanding, use, and reclamation of these spaces we call church, home, and more, as the living God expects and requires. I'm not going to lie, beloved. I've been foggy the past week. Not my best. I'm not sure who, if anyone, has actually felt their best in this pandemic, but I think you know really know what I mean. Vivid dreams, a hallmark for many in the time of COVID and quarantine, make sleep feel like waking and sow confusion while awake as to whether something's really happened. More on dreams later in this podcast. On the claustrophobia. Here in Tucson, the normal temperature during the day is above 105 degrees, and with pandemic restrictions, it feels like its own entrapment. But that fog and angst has been me at my best the past week. To be more honest, I've been struggling to hold it together emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of the above. And of course, these things intersect and inform each other, no matter what toxic purity culture pseudo-theology we may have grown up with that wants to separate them out into competition with each other. A lot has been hitting, personally and professionally. You know what I mean? I think you do. Maybe it wasn't this past week specifically, but our levees are often teetering dangerously close to overflow. And it's a matter of when, not if, they do. And we need to curl up, scream into a pillow, cry it out, all of the above. Add to that this summer, the opportunities we have to connect and partake in a righteous national uprising for black lives and against police brutality and the institution of police, period, white supremacy, more, these opportunities to connect and do the work that many of you are doing, I'm sure, come at a time where normal human connection is off limits. It's a lot, beloved. I want to name that. 
in part because I hope connecting around it helps lift a bit of the fog. Mine and yours. Taking a breath. A box breath. Inhale for a four count. Hold for four. Exhale for four. And hold that for four. Repeat a few more times and then breathe regularly four times. Draw the box of protection and rest around you. You can do this several times a day. I do. I know it bodily helps me. Let your light flicker and find oxygen to stabilize and grow. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And I'm gonna need it this week, this month. Because right around now is a big anniversary. Three years ago, on August 11th, 2017, I was singing that song over and over again with 700 other people congregated in St. Paul's Memorial Church in Charlottesville, located right alongside the grounds of the University of Virginia. It was a Friday night, and people had packed the church to the fire code's limit and probably passed it, for what was a two-hour interfaith mountaintop experience in the spirit of the civil rights movement prayer meetings. Freedom songs had populated the night, culminating in barn burner sermons from Dr. Cornell West and Reverend Tracy Blackman, the United Church of Christ's min national minister for justice and witness ministries and a nationally renowned activist pastor out of Ferguson, Missouri. People of faith and conscience, local, and those who had traveled from across the country, participated. But after two hours, when the service had technically ended, we kept singing those freedom songs. It was like those services in the 1960s, but in more ways than one. The windows were rattling and the spirit was soaring, yes. But the church, at capacity on that hot summer night, was also put on lockdown by those of us running the service. Outside, we learned, right across the street, several hundred white supremacists there in town for the so-called Unite the Right rally were marching with torches and congregating around the statue of America's godfather of white supremacy, Thomas Jefferson, in front of the university's UNESCO World Heritage Ordained Rotunda. They had started a day early. They were chanting slogans from the Third Reich of Nazi Germany like blood and soil. They were chanting Jews will not replace us and white lives matter. They were chanting, perhaps most famously, you will not replace us. When they got to the statue, they found a couple dozen UVA students and activists protesting them and no ostensible law enforcement. They circled and started beating the students, pouring lighter fluid on them and spraying them with chemical agents before cops, who had indeed been watching the entire time, 
finally decided to intervene. The doors of the church were opened to provide care for some students who made it there while we were trying to evacuate people out the back and down the alley before going on lockdown again. White supremacists were now scattered into the streets with torches and baseball bats. We kept singing. We kept people appraised of why we were still singing, but not to the fullest extent of the severity. But people knew why. 250 people in there had traveled to Charlottesville specifically in response to a call from a new organization called Congregate. And everyone there in that church was hoping to get prayed up and fortified in the spirit before God knows what the next day. Sometimes, all the time, God's mountaintop experiences break in and bolster us when we're experiencing the lowest of lows. It's in that tension, in that space, that we cling to if we are called by a so-called higher power. And it's especially true for those of us curious about, compelled by, or claiming a going steady relationship with this handyman named Jesus, who we say embodied the spirit and life God seeks for all of us to live on earth, and who was born to an unwed teenage mother in an unimportant part of the world, exploited under occupation, living his life among the quote-unquote lowest of the low, and preaching a kingdom that would turn the powers and principalities of men and their empire religions like white supremacy, patriarchy, consumer capitalism, and militarism upside down. We call it Easter that this person, Jesus, defeated the death-dealing ways of empire. That's gospel good news. That's gospel specificity, this way of living that leads to lifestyle and bodily cost and death and life again. And death came to Charlottesville. For eight weeks, we had been preparing people of faith and conscience who felt called to respond to this inbreaking of white supremacy for the worst possible outcomes while also equipping them to respond with a new story. We went out there, dressed to act, many of us in the full clergy drag of our ordained callings. A new story, we hoped, with public witness and singing and prayer would mitigate the harm that was promised to come. Maybe it did mitigate some of that harm. Indeed, I believe it's a miracle more people weren't killed by white supremacists that day. But the day, as I'm sure you all know, was awful, becoming a national trauma. Our group of clergy in the streets on the 12th were the first group assaulted after two hours of racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic slurs hurled at us while we sang by the KKK, neo-Nazis, and groups like Vanguard America, which included James Fields. DeAndre Harris was beaten with an inch of his life nearby. A KKK member fired a gun at Corey Long, another black man, and more. Member of my church was punched full in the face in full view of law enforcement. All of this was in full view of so-called law enforcement. Police did nothing through all of this, but stood and watched with palace guard stares.
and the car attack. I was standing by Heather Heyer's body, holding others as she took her last breath, with bodies writhing on the ground all around her amid the blood and shattered glass. There's so much more I could tell. And why do I tell you all this? Well, a few reasons. One is this. This week and month and these days are seared into my being, not just for what transpired, but also for the call we felt as clear as any we had ever felt that summer. A call that has continued for many of you and that has continued to be led in these streets in 2020. The call is to choose to turn aside and hear our neighbors and friends, women, people of color, queer folks, all of the above, all leading the movement in Charlottesville, all with very understandable distrust, if not outright hatred of church that has for too long rejected them. The call is to hear them call out in anger, fear, confusion, and hurt for aid and solidarity, to listen to the organizing they've been doing, to listen to the admonishment, dreams, and wisdom of the youth and energies afoot, and rather than get defensive, jealous, or attacking them, as Joseph's brothers did in today's lectionary scripture, learning our lesson from our sacred text and remembering that we belong to each other, that we have privilege enough already, and it is not threatened by another's voice and favor, but is actually a way, the way, of grabbing hold of the truth, that we can live and love all lives as we want our own to matter. And if we're white, as it already does matter, but that's usually at the expense of others as it was designed. I speak often, including on this podcast and previous episodes, on what I name as the founding spiritualities and governing priorities of the United States white supremacy, patriarchy, militarism, and consumer capitalism. I give lip service to the ways these spiritualities are intersectional in the death they bring and the ways they blaspheme God's dreams. But since this is especially an organization and podcast devoted to equipping white folks to confront racism, I and we tend to focus on the white supremacy piece most. But I want to spend a minute with our text and ways the patriarchy perpetuates violence. You will not replace us, quote unquote, and variations on that famous chant from white supremacists in Charlottesville is, I want to say, a quote unquote, honest assertion from men who are doubling down on the lie that they should be favored, should control the wealth and bodies of others, and should maintain idols in their image to remind everyone of both of those quote-unquote facts. I say honest and facts because the white supremacists weren't wrong. This country was founded to favor cisgendered hetero white men. Now they grow up in a world daring to assert that black lives matter, that women's bodies are their own, that Muslims are beloved image bearers, and on and on, and they are doubling down on the lie of white patriarchy. They can't deal with the jealousy or realization that they put their worth and value in a lie that expends others' humanity. This is what Make America Great Again always meant, and it's why we saw so much MAGA swag, 
hats, flags, you name it, among the swastikas and stars and bars in Charlottesville. Even if my understanding is correct, it in no way is meant to explain away their evil aims. Just the opposite, it's meant to hold a mirror up to us. In my reading, the white supremacists are being more honest about our history in their evil aims than the white moderate liberal Dr. King decried from a Birmingham jail who will not forcefully stand up for human rights-based democracy and dignity we say we believe in, who won't stand up against the white supremacy we read about in all the right books as if our lives depended on it. Which they do, including our own. Lives depend on showing up to this. As the late John Lewis said, we only pass this way once. Are we risking our all for life or passively accepting preventable death? No one person can do it all. Indeed, we can only make most impact in one or two deep grooves. But I, for one, whenever my time comes, want to say I had a good run. I made my peace with the cross. Which leads to another reason I shared some of my personal context for this third anniversary of August 11th and 12th, 2017. Congregate was started by me and another UCC colleague who led it, Reverend Brittany Kane Conley, or rather Rev Smash, as those who know her call her, for Smash the Patriarchy. We started Congregate specifically in response to people of faith and conscience who wanted to make sure their lamps were lit when the time came, but didn't feel like they had the tools or spirits prepared to know how to be when that time came. How could we visually and spiritually tell a new story out of our shared callings that could be a beacon for liberation with one another and within our community? What discipleship could we deepen and possess to be able to link arms, literally, in order to face what was to come? You might have noticed that I used the word respond a few times, and that's intentional. We did not want to react to the violent inbreaking of white supremacy. And side note, there's not a more redundant phrase than violent white supremacy. We wanted to use this rupture as an opportunity to respond by telling the life-giving story we believe we have, that God is in the business of turning things around, repentance, and infusing them with new life like a gardener in a drought, a water in the desert, a monsoon in Tucson, etc. And also that God is very much against white supremacy. But in order to do that, God needs us to do our part. We need to get honest about who we are, our collective history, our wounds, and to face them down and to recommit daily to the process of living God's good news with one another and within our community. Now is a season for listening to and following the dreams of those who have been for too long violently suppressed for daring to assert their humanity let alone being allowed to express ambition for something greater. The days of older brothers, of cis white, of white cisgendered hetero men getting to have ambition at the expense of all others are over if we're a part of God's kinship, 
God's sibling collaboration, God's human response to the inhumane efforts of those who want to kill or throw many in a pit and sell them into slavery. The saga of Joseph, as I'm sure many of you are aware, ends with measures of love and healing, but not before tables are turned and God's dreams are revealed as the revelatory guides they are. Famine or abundance, the choice is ours today. We don't have to be the eight Alabama clergy men who King was responding to in the Birmingham jail. And believe me, we had plenty of white male Christian pastors in Charlottesville who would love to quote King any other week of the year, but when the stakes were highest became those eight verbatim. We don't have to sell our siblings down the road and river. We proclaim their lives matter. We liberate ourselves, the haters, and ensure those with the fresh and alive dreams of abundance get the liberation they need and we all want when we breathe, check in, and commit ourselves to life. Light your flame. Wear your technicolor dream coat. Lift that fog together. Fuck white supremacy. Smash the patriarchy. Pray with your feet. Volunteers needed. In deep abiding love. Amen. The word is resistance is designed to be a resource for white people who are realizing that following Jesus in this time and in this country means listening to, learning from, and joining in with the struggle against racism and white supremacy. We welcome your feedback and especially appreciate feedback from and accountability to listeners of color. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith. Surge stands for showing up for racial justice. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the freedom movement you're hearing on this podcast is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December 2014, being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. And you can find out more about Surge at showingupforracialjustice.org. And our podcast lives at SoundCloud. Search on The Word is Resistance. You can interact with us there if you have questions or need help with action ideas. Be sure to give this episode a like or rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, the transcript this week will be on the search website and includes any references, credits, links, and copyright information. And that website is also where you can find loads of resources to support your liberation and solidarity work. Special thanks to our sound editor this week, Max Pearl. Thank you for joining me today. Let us know how it goes by commenting on our SoundCloud or Facebook pages. Make sure you're subscribed. And I'll leave you with a modified Franciscan benediction. May God bless you with discomfort 
at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at white supremacy and all injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, racism, misogyny, queerphobia, xenophobia, COVID-19, and more, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and embody solidarity until their pain is turned into joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done.